Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Ethel Merman. <laughs> I love it when she comes on the show. It's perfect. I do, too. It's like every day. I know. Yeah. It's Monday. It's getting better. Your vibrato it's, is definitely like picking that? up. Yeah. I think it is because it's because my chin's getting heavier. <laughs> when your chin gets heavier, the vibrato goes up. Let I'm me pretty guess. Sure you had a Snickers and a Diet Coke for oh my lunch. How did you know? <laughs> oh, it's because it's sitting right there hypothetically. Yeah. Not really. Because it's not really there. I just know you so well. <laughs> That's my lunch. That is the breakfast and lunch of champions. A Snickers with almonds. By the way. Have any of you ever been to Costco? You're young yeah. students. Yeah. Sean goes to Costco all the time. By the way, Sean O'Neill is in the house. Are you going to be talking yet, Sean? Why would I talk? Okay. Sean's, Sean's the new producer. Well, not the new. What do we call you? Producer. But you're the producer. I mean, we have a million producers here. So this is the only show that needs seven producers. <laughs> and I think they all think if I had seven producers, they'd get a good show. We You'd think that. We Wrong. We are time. showing you that's just a false idea. We go so in-depth. But Sean O'Neill, the new myth, the new legend, we call him the babysitter. <laughs> He's here, sent from above, to make sure that we all are normal. And by the way, so Sean, have you ever gone to uh, Costco? And while at Costco, have you ever purchased their coconut chocolate almonds? I've been to Costco. Mm. I usually go to Costco when I have to buy flowers. Oh. Oh, really? Oh, so that's when you're in trouble. No. <laughs> when someone's buy, passed I, away. I buy flowers for no reason. Why? Oh, like to go put in your garden? No, to give to my wife. Oh, my heavens. Wow. You are in love. Yeah, and? You're going to be perfect on this show. <laughs> These guys are all like, they're all dating. But you've got a wife. It. I know. And you, yes, uh, oh, I know. wow. Little I actually have a relationship. That, you know, this is going to be great. So does Jessica. You've never tried. I know Jess is. She doesn't have a wife. We had her husband good. on the show uh, the other day, and they pretended to be announcing having a baby, even though they don't have a baby coming. Thanks to Matt. <laughs> April Fools. It was a bad, bad joke gone awry. Are your family talking to you yet? Yeah, they thought it was kind of funny. Like, they were like... Good joke, mm-hmm. but I was like, I felt like the joke was on me. It wasn't even about them. It was uh-huh. like Matt surprised me uh-huh. with content yeah. that I. Wasn't it had nothing to do with your for. family. Yeah, it was you. To but me. I'm sincerely sorry. That's why Sean's here now. <laughs> Sean's not going to let me. Let I'm me, here to keep track of Matt. Yeah, you're not going to make me just let me make up stuff on the fly. Hey, uh, so anyway, chocolate. Almonds, mm, coconut. So it's like a good. it's like a mounds bar. Have you had them? Yeah, those things are mm-hmm. so addictive. Oh yeah, and so delicious. Uh, it's not. It's not even. Okay. I ate a whole bag. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> a whole they're bag. That good. I think they have a lot of stuff at Costco like that. Like their chicken bakes. Those are way addictive too. Really? Oh yeah. Do they have so chocolate good. and coconut on them? Uh, no, but you I, can put those on top of it oh, and yeah. see how that works. It sounds so good. So that uh, so that is my new meal. Chocolate and almonds. Oh, you know what? There's bad. people that sell chocolate as a health food. I thought you were a doctor. I'm. I am. I am a doctor. <laughs> so I I'm not that kind of healthy. doctor. I'm a different kind of doctor. I do moles and physicals. Actually, I'm not even that kind of doctor. <laughs> April Fools. Hey, April Fools. Nobody bring your mole or your physical over to me. 
I only do relationships, which is why Sean's here, because it's going to be great. Sean, we're going to so fix your marriage. <laughs> Not that you need that. <laughs> My wife hopes so. Yeah, she called. She's like, <laughs> seriously, you need to help Sean. Well, we were at your last... Uh, I know. Year. That was way yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. See? And no one else came. I asked everyone else. I gave everyone else an invite, and you're the only one that showed up, Sean. That's I why wasn't you, even producer of the show. Know, that's the why you're on the show. Mm-hmm. You're the only one that cares. You didn't come. Jess? Oh, man. You were busy. James, nothing. We love you. I didn't have anyone to go with. Is Mike still behind me? Yeah, I'm still here. Mike didn't come. I had too many people to take. Uh-huh. Merit, oh, you didn't oh show. <laughs> I, I feel like we should just point out that this was a marriage night. Exactly. And I am not married. No, it was a dating night for Valentine's night. Day. Okay, you know what I did on Valentine's Day? I made a cake, and I watched a movie by myself. It's and, pretty great. And you never so, brought the cake in? Uh, no, because my roommates ate it. Anyway. Pigs. Yeah. In a good way. Good pigs. Uh, that's not even the topic of today's show. Man, how do we get there? See, produce, you guys. Somebody needs to produce I've the show. I've got so much content. Please okay. just say the topic and I will jump in. Today's topic, <laughs> we're talking about joy. No, no, no er, that is not right. <laughs> okay. We're talking about music and how music can change your mood, can change a lot. A little music can get your toe a tapping. Changes the world. Music is what makes the world go round. That's a proven pretty, fact. We pretty all just statement. nodded our yeah, heads. fact. Yeah. There's a lot of things, though. It's not the only thing that makes the world go. I just read (laughs) U2, Bono, is like worth 200 and something million dollars. Huge And tell me he's not making the world go round. (laughs) That's it. Won't argue. No argument here. So you've been doing research in the news about music. Yeah, just some really interesting stuff. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, Amaze me. Okay, I... uh, we're all going to wish we were in Canada right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> They're Toronto, listening right now. Yes. People in Canada, I'm jealous of you. So people in Toronto, the public library just launched a thing called Hoopla, which is like Netflix for movies. So How? they Illegally? Now, no, it's not illegal. Oh, Netflix, but the government launched this? Well, the it's a public library. So wow. they have access Canada. to 250,000 music albums. Wow. Albums. Okay. And 10,000 films. See, that's a lot that, of stuff. With your public card. And yeah. 9,000 9, of those films are like C-lister films. No, top 10, top 40 mm-hmm. on well, the music list. Half of the best actors are Canadian. No, Let's get real. Yeah. Yeah, Sean knows that. Mm-hmm. Justin eh? Bieber's Canadian. Uh, Mike Myers. <laughs> uh, Justin Bieber's Canadian. Oh, Can- that's true. Canada gave him up. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's, he's actually... He's not anything now. <laughs> But see, what I guess our government doesn't care about us. It only gives us, like, I guess, health care, war. Well, Canada started with socialized medicine. Now they're doing socialized music. See. Man, oh, Canada. Good, right? It's a great song. Okay, that's cool. That's yeah. kind of good to know. Okay, um, now I'm going to tell you about two apps. One, Yeah. Um, I love the phrase, there's an app for that. And I can attest that a lot of kids are happy now. Because... Why? I hated practicing the piano, and almost every kid does. Oh, yeah. Now, they've made an app for that where it's fun. Hold on. The app practices the piano for you? No. That no, is you, fun. That is so cool. That would be That's incredible. App. I love no, that. No, guys, it's a game. You, It's a game. So you're like, 
it's your next Angry Birds with a piano. Oh. So you go, so you go play a game chasing like Angry Birds or whatever no, yeah. on the keys, and then yeah. eventually you know how to play. Yeah, and then Beethoven. you you know how to play the piano. It's so cool, and I played it. And that it's sounds fun. like Mario teaches typing, but <laughs> piano. Mario yeah. teaches yeah. piano. <laughs> it's really fun, and I'm happy for a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> They but, also okay. do like different. There's, this isn't real. This is so real, and everybody's going to be Mozart now. Oh, see. <laughs> I'm going to start my kid off that we announced on Friday. They're going to be your kid that you're not having. <laughs> the kid that I'm not having. Let's just yet. be clear. The child that you are not having <laughs> yeah. someday when you He's have that know child. The piano by three. He'll know this fake app mm-hmm. that might be real by then. No, it's definitely real. Is it's it really? Piano Dust Buster. Oh man. It's from Joy Tunes, and they have different kinds. But if you're if you if you find it enjoyable to do your music lessons, then what would you fight with your parents about? <laughs> I don't know. There's right? not an app for that yet, so maybe you maybe can make an app for that. Make an app. Hey, get off my back! App. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone, mom. Okay, that's a cool app. Good. So this fixes the brain, and eventually, I mean, I guess they eventually learn piano, even though they really only know Angry Birds, kind of a thing. Yeah, it's just I think it's getting practical use of apps. It's hmm. not wasting your time. That's okay, right. here's also not wasting your time. Yes, there's an app that is helping the blind recognize colors and shapes through music. Really? Yeah. So um, they play something in your ear that kind of gives you um, a visualization. Like it makes so, them feel something, visualize without though they're blind. They they can't see, but like it would be like meh. Hold on, do that again. Stop. I, no, do, do I knew you were going to. Is that a square? Okay. No. Meh. <laughs> Did you guys hear a goat? See, you would see it. Uh, no, do it again. Like... Do it again. Because that was weird how that sounded. Yeah. It yeah. sounded. Meh. Try it one more time. Meh. <laughs> 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 yep. Did you hear a goat? Meh. Nope. There it is. Uh, oh, that's a oh, sheep. Oh, guys. All right. It's bleeding. So, anyways. Bleating. <laughs> so, any, and you like can, it's it has varying degrees. Like, you have to go through training. So it starts with lines, okay, which so is what I was trying to do. Oh, that was a line. <laughs> a, oh. a line. Okay. Yeah. What does a square sound like? You do not want to hear. <laughs> no, Rabbit. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it because I can't do more than one voice at a time. <laughs> but they can do it and, it, and it gives you a good visual. So it's just, it's kind of giving a three-dimensional feel yeah. of something. Mm-hmm. And you can tell them that was a line. And so then they know that... That's a line. <laughs> or like beep is like a long, a vertical line. A beep is just like a quick. And then you can, you, you can they spell out hi by beep or beep, beep. That's cool. Like that. That's an app? <laughs> yeah, that's an app. You can see. Blind can see through music. That's great. That yeah. doesn't sound like music to me. Oh, well, it gets into more. But I mean, yeah, it I is. Mean, yeah. You're wrong. Well, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Again, I'm the only doctor in the room. Okay, uh, touche. No, I'm a doctor too. Oh, that's right. And the doctor of love. And then Sean. I have a degree. The doc- Sean has a degree. What's your degree? What's your, your, do you have a PhD? No. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. But I'm like, you You could. <laughs> Merritt just stuck her finger out at me. I think we've got one minute left. Um, okay, so here's the deal. On the show today, we're going to talk about... You know, apps. That, we're probably done with that. But um, here's what we're going to get into. Music and the influence it has on us, on each one of us. Dr. Jeanette Bicknell will be joining us. She's going to teach us about how music affects our emotions, how it can affect our perception, how it kind of helps us see the world differently, feel the world differently. 
We're going to be right back. Dr. Jeanette Bicknell, up next, music and its influence, positive thing. By the way, anytime you hear that music, it's because you're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. Right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about music and its powerful influence. Even that music right there. I don't know what it is. Every time I hear that, I get all giddy. My mouth starts to salivate. Mm. Time to do a show. Do you feel that way, James? Yeah, definitely. Now, let's just go there for a sec, because being the, the... the expert in love, which you are. Yeah, I have a PhD in passion. PhD in passion. Um, what would be the best love song? Oh, man, there's so many to choose from. Well, just choose one. Um, Careless I mean, I, Whisper. I'm... Careless Whisper. Careless Whisper. <laughs> yep. Sean just belly laughed on that one. He's still belly. Oh, and a snort. Um, <laughs> Careless Whisper. Yeah. Do you want to? Okay. Really? Why that one? Because it's an incredible song. Man. Do you feel it? Yeah. Like, is that... Okay. Have you ever played Xanadu? What? No. That's another love song. No, I haven't, I've never heard of Xanadu. We'll look it up. We'll play it on a break. Sean, do you have a love song? One that you know that, like, when you play this, this sets the mood. Uh, um, Careless it changes. Taken. No, it changes. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. My uh, My wife likes Aerosmith. Really? Yeah. Is that a love song? No. Okay. But, I mean, but well, that brings depends. back memories. Sure. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Adele. Something by Adele. Oh, lately. Adele. Been, yeah. That girl. I know they're all, like, breakup songs. Do you but... remember Howard Jones? I love Howard Jones. Dream Into Action. Yeah, Great well, album. But what was the what was the song that um, he would sing uh, that all the women oh, would just be like, mm-hmm. oh. Um, yeah, I should have thought about the name. <laughs> I'm not very good with I'm, I have the lyrics running through my head yeah. right now. No one is to blame. No one is to Oh, that one. Get, write these down, James, because these are. this will get you for sure married. A little Aerosmith, a little Howard Jones. Um, somebody from Depeche Mode. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> remember Depeche Mode? Yes. See, some music we probably ought not remember. <laughs> okay. But um, Depeche Mode, they had their moment. Actually, uh, what's the Bruno Mars song? Um, treasure? No, not Treasure. No. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Should have brought, when I Was Your Man. Do you know what my wife's favorite song Treasure's is? Treasure's a good one. My wife, and I think That's not the one I was thinking about. Yeah. It doesn't, not that it's a bad one. But. Let It Go. <laughs> love that song. It is so good. Well, she's actually thinking of Letting It Go, I love. <laughs> oh, it's not actually a song you're no. talking about? She likes the no, song. No, I just wish my children would let it go, mm-hmm. that song. Just instead of playing it over. Exactly. Well, we got the pro today. Jeanette Bicknell is joining us. She is uh, she's a PhD in philosophy from York University in Toronto, Canada, she grew up playing the violin and took up the trombone in high school and then did her thesis on understanding music. She's the author of Why Music Moves Us, which was published in 2009. Currently, she's working on a book about the philosophy of song and singing, which will be published by uh, Rutledge and currently works as a mediator and dispute resolution consultant. Jeanette, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Hi, Matt. Thanks very much for having me. You bet. So good to have a pro on the musical front here because we're just throwing, you know, songs that moved us, but you actually know the science behind it. Well, uh, yes, there's there's lots of... Um, <laughs> how can I put this? Uh, you're, you're all mentioning songs that, that you really like, and I think there is an element of personal association that goes into what music moves us. Yeah. Sure. It's it's different. It can be different for every for every person. Um and a song that brings to mind happy memories can make you happy, just as a song that arouses unhappy memories can make you sad. It's 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 it has to be one of the most powerful kind of human motivators we have because it does, like you say, it brings back almost images, pictures that are so personal and so connected to your heart. So so in, in essence, though, then, music really does change moods. I think so, yes. And I, I think most of us have experienced this. We can feel exhilarated by, by joyful music and by music that we love. And at the same time, music that we find uh, irritating, that maybe, as, <laughs> as one of you mentioned, our children play too many times. Yes. We can, you know, that can put us in a bad mood. Oh, it's so, <laughs> it's so true. Or Millie Vanilli. Yeah. Do, do you remember? I mean, like that made everyone mad because they were frauds. Um, what is? What do you think it is? Is it the actual music, or is it is it the lyrics? Is it the tonal quality? What is it that is so connected to us that so affects us? Well, I think it's. Um... I think it can be either the lyrics or the or the sound of the music, but I think with songs anyway, it's most often the way that the music and the lyrics work together, because even you know relatively banal sentiments can sound profound and beautiful when they're set to the right music. Yeah, it's interesting but, as you listen to lyrics; they don't even the lyrics don't even have to necessarily make sense, do they? No, they don't. No. It's just kind of, I guess it's it's really what it's doing inside of your head. It's mm-hmm. the real lyric. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we mustn't overlook um, the performer's expression, because how a singer sings a song makes a huge difference to how it affects us. Uh, you mentioned Careless Whisper. That's wham, I think. And it's just, I mean, I can almost hear it now. Yeah. Yeah. So re- can James, by the way, who mentioned yeah. it, which is awkward but he it's it's a real thing though isn't it it's how they present it because you if somebody else tries to do a cover of that song you may not have the same effect huh you may not have the same feeling no it may not work it may not work that's true is, are, is there certain music that i guess i mean i know i've heard like research about when you go to the mall and they're playing that muzak stuff that supposedly that's designed to get you to buy, to purchase, to keep you moving. But is, is, is there certain types of music that make people happier than other music, or is, and some sad, or is it just dependent? Well, there are, there's an element, as I said, there are elements of personal association. Um, but basically, hearing music that you like, whatever kind of music that is, can make you feel better and can lift, lift your mood. So often when I go to the grocery store, they're playing music that was, you know, popular when I was in my teenage years. <laughs> yeah. I figure I'm the target. Yeah, you're it. They, they're after you. They're yeah, after you. They're, yeah, they're hoping to kind of arouse some of those positive associations. <laughs> 
Isn't that interesting? Because it's it's so subtle, huh? It's just kind of in the background, and yet it, if it's making you feel good, then maybe you'll go back to some of the the really positive brands you used to use, the Betty Crockers. The sure. I mean, it's interesting. It really is kind of a. There's a true psychology behind it, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And and maybe you'll, if nothing else, maybe you'll stay a little longer in the store. Hmm. You won't even know why you're staying a little longer, but a few more items might find their way. It's so true. Does it? Um, do you see a tie to like pain? Because it seems like a really obvious place to if this to use kind of a music therapy would be in a hospital. Well, yes, there is a good deal of evidence that music can alleviate physical pain, both music on its own and music in conjunction with other therapies. In fact, when they've, they've done some long-term studies of music therapy and pain management, and they've shown that it's associated with improved quality of life hmm. and the reduced consumption of pain relievers. Oh, really? Yeah. I love, because we play a lot of music at our house, and I notice it impacts the mood of our kids. Like on a mm-hmm. Sunday, if we want to create just a nice calming mood we just play nice calm music and yeah. um, in the mornings when I'm trying to get everyone up I just sometimes put on other types of music and they just pop right up now um, there is also evidence that some people at least might be made sad by sad music hmm. Ask me about emotions and it's they found that there was a correlation between people who scored high on tests of empathy as a personal trait we're more likely to be made sad by sad music. Oh, really? So if, yeah. you, if you're empathic anyway, you're more likely to... A sad, a sad song's really going to impact you, I mean, potentially more than... Potentially. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, really. Well, really, that I mean, that says a lot. I mean, it, I guess it makes sense anyway. If you're empathic and you're a feeler anyway... Um, you, you've seen the videos, I'm sure, of that. That's the... You know, it's the being passed around virally all over... YouTube about that mother singing some like blues song to her baby. Have you right, seen that? Yeah. And the baby starts to emote and yeah. connect to that. Yeah. Is that what is that what you're talking about there? Uh yes, but uh I mean that that might that might be included. The the way this this particular test uh, was was set up is that well they've researchers have found already that um you know people who are sad, say, are more likely to pick out words, re- remember words oh, like yeah. sadness when they do a word recognition. Yeah. And so this was how, and uh, so they made people listen to sad music, and then they, they tested to see what results they could get with these, like, remember word remembrance tests. They told them, of course, this is a totally different experiment. Sure. Ah, the old oh. trick. That old trick. <laughs> that old but, trick. But, yeah, but they did find a correlation between uh, the people who had scored high on the empathy with the people who were more disposed to hear the sad music and mm. yeah, remember the sad words. I guess, too, then, so if we if we can kind of impact the sad or the empathic person might feel more connected or, or more apt to, to pick up on a sad song, is there, does music really create kind of a sense or a feeling for some of romance? Or is that, again, is that just the words and the thoughts that are in the, I mean, I guess it's, you're working the mind either way, whether it's the the music itself or the words. Right. Um, I don't know if they've done research on that, but that would certainly, that would certainly be an interesting thing 
thing to test, can the music actually, you know, make, make you feel more romantic? I think for some people, certainly it can. Yeah. And there's also evidence that shared musical preference preferences can create and strengthen social bonds. Oh, really? So, so yeah, uh, people that love the same band, love the same group, might be able to bond socially. Right. In fact, we assume that people who like the same music that we do are also going to have similar values. Hmm. Isn't that int- it's it's music, Jeanette? But it really is. It's it's a more personal thing than that, isn't it? It's just not something that's being played on the on the radio. It's really kind of a it's an outcropping of who we are. It's a it's a it's who we are. I think very much. I think very much. I mean, some. Some biologists have argued that, you know, music in our evolutionary history predates uh, language. Hmm. Yeah, that makes so sense. It, yeah, so it, it, it could go, you know, very, very deep indeed. Well, we're, gonna, we're taking a break, uh, Jeanette. We're talking with Jeanette Bicknell, who has a Ph.D. in philosophy from York University, but she's the author of Why Music Moves Us, which was published in 2009. She's teaching us, you know, the ins, the outs of music and its influence on our lives. We're going to take a break. <laughs> there you have it. Mm. Is this working for you, James? This is it. That's this great. is it. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. everybody. There's the music. See, James? Today we're talking music and the powerful influence that it plays in our lives. You know, it's just so subtle. But it is such an expression of who we are. And uh, it's like that laser. That laser is totally you, James. Some people don't even hear the laser in that music, but there's a laser. And that laser's there because you are a Trekkie, a Trek, Star Trek guy i'm the laser because i'm a trekkie mm-hmm. okay well i guess that makes sense <sighs> sure does <laughs> i'm a laser you're a laser yes um we're talking today music and we've got a wonderful guest jeanette bicknell's joining us she grew up playing the violin and took up the trombone in high school boom two she plays two instruments which makes me feel bad because i don't play one i am such a bah I keep telling my kids, you got to practice, you guys, you got to practice. Actually, I play an instrument, my voice. I play my voice. I sing. Uh, She also holds a PhD in philosophy from York University and is the author of Why Music Moves Us, which was published in 2009. Um, And Jeanette's also a mediator and a dispute resolution consultant. Jeanette Bicknell, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, Matt. Do you ever use your music uh, in your mediations and disputes? I've been a mediator. Uh, and honestly, uh, sometimes you just want to pull out a trombone and start playing. <laughs> no, you know, I, I haven't. I haven't come across the right yeah. case where it, it might be appropriate. But I, I have an open mind about it because cause you never know. I mean, even just a little background music while you're in a discussion sometimes could can help, huh? I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of intensity there. How did you... Um, 
I mean, of all things, you kind of went from violin, trombone in high school, then you got the PhD in philosophy. How did you get into the music movement? Well, I, you know, I was a, a PhD student, and I was looking for a topic for my dissertation, and I, I hadn't thought at all about the philosophy of art. And so I thought, you know, I'll do a little, I'll do a little reading, and I, I, I was interested in um, kind of some obscure uh, Russian thinkers mm-hmm. at, at the time, and I came across uh, a reference to one of their works about music by a Russian philosopher, and I thought, oh, gee, I, I didn't even know there was a, a philosophy of music. So I, I did some asking around, and I found, sure enough, there is. It's a, it's a very vibrant field. So I thought, well, I'll, do, uh, I'll get acquainted with this. I'll do a reading course. And then it just went on and on from there. Did, it, did, it, uh, did you get into the whole Mozart effect? Because, you know, that was a big thing, huh? Play, play Mozart to your kids, play classical music, and it'll, you know, then you don't have to do it. You don't have to read to them. They'll be brilliant. Right, yeah. Well, I think we all heard about that yeah. uh, back, back in, the, in the 90s. I mean, if you love your kid, you're going to play classical music. Well, it's, I mean, or you're going to play the music you love, right? You're right. going to play whatever kind of music that, that, that you love. I grew up hearing all kinds of different music, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, yeah, they, they thought that, they, that there was, um, uh, that listening to Mozart before doing a test of spatial reasoning, they found that this was associated with uh, the students getting higher scores. And did, did that finding stick? Was it well, was that real? It well, it was found. It was kind of real, but short lived. Okay. Yeah. So the results didn't really uh, last, and some other researchers, when they tried to uh, replicate these experiments, they they added another condition. The, I think the original experiments had the students either sitting in silence, listening to relaxation exercises or listening to Mozart, in the later experiments, they had the conditions of, I believe, silence, listening to Mozart, or listening to a short story being read. Okay. And they found that subjects who'd listened to the reading of the short story did just as well as those who had listened to Mozart. Okay, so it's maybe not music. No, it's more that it was it had an arousal effect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer to the music industry. Well, there, there. I mean, there now all of a sudden, poetry could be a whole other industry. Yeah, and there's lots of uh, reasons to listen to music. Um, yeah, yeah. What about this? Uh, it seems like nobody gets more of a bad rap. It seems like historically, than I don't know the rock and rollers, the El- the uh, Elvis, the Beatles. All the parents are like, oh boy, mm-hmm. there. But we people fall in love with musicians. Is is there some correlation between music, you know, musical uh, skills or music itself, and being more attractive? Is there a connection there, or is it just more? It's just that young rock and roll generation. Well, there does, oddly enough, there does seem to be some sort of of connection. And there was a really very like elegant and and simple experiment done in in France. So first, they recruited a, a good looking young man. They, they they had I think they had fourteen possible confederates and they showed the pictures to women and 
you know, the, the guy who got the most um, likes, as it were, was, <laughs> was recruited to do this. Right. And he stopped women on the streets of a small French city, and he had, you know, a prepared script, and he asked them for their phone number. Now, they had three different conditions. The man was either holding a guitar case, uh-huh. holding, holding a sports bag, or he was empty-handed. And they found that the women handed over their phone number at a rate of 31%. Whoa. Guitar case. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's James. Write that down. James <laughs> is writing that down right now. He, uh, he, every time I see him, he's, he's always carrying an accordion case, oh, which to I me, I, you may have gotten different results if you had had an accordion case. It might. Um, yeah. they, it was 14% if he was empty handed and only 9% um, of women gave their phone number in the condition where he was carrying a sports bag. Maybe. Yeah. Cause it, it maybe there's this, uh, this belief that, oh, he's probably, he's a feeler, you know, he's, he's, I don't know. He's a rock and roller. It's hard to, to say why. Um, maybe some of the skills that go into making music, whether having to do with fine motor control or with emotional um, emotional kind of uh, intelligence or intuitiveness, perhaps these traits are seen, are desirable. And yeah. You know, it it could work that way. Does it? Um, I know in your research again, we're talking with Jeanette Bicknell, who's the who's the author of Why Music Moves Us, and um, has done a lot of research on it. Has aggregated a lot of important research um, around the subject. Does and as part of that, is it healthier? Are people that are into music listening to music? Does it impact our health, or is it just does it just impact? I guess our our psyche. We feel better about life even if our health's not improving? Well, I I certainly think that listening to music can contribute to well-being. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that music is is quite useful in pain management. And I think researchers and even doctors these days, they're, they're, they're reluctant to, increasingly reluctant to separate kind of how our bodies feel and how our our, our mood and our, our sense of well-being and and we've seen again and again that social connectedness is so important is so important for health and and I think we shouldn't forget about making music as opposed to just listening to music. Yeah, I mean, there's something there's a camaraderie to sitting around working together to make music. It's a beautiful thing. It is. It is and. So playing an instrument or joining jo- joining the local band or the orchestra or even singing in a choir, this can be a great way, way to feel connected with others in the community and also even like to take our minds away from the practical things that stress all of us. Yeah. I, and I mean, going to listen to music, going to listen to a concert or just being able to unwind, turning on the music in your car, there's no doubt something's happening to us, even if it's just psychological, if it's just our mental health. Something's going on. Um, as we wrap this uh, interview up, I want to know um, what you think, Jeanette. Like, what would you say is the one thing we should all remember? Uh, I call it the one thing that makes the biggest difference in just understanding music and knowing how to uh, to let it benefit us the most. What What do we just as a lay person need to know and do to make sure music can work on us? Um, I I think that. 
remember to we we have so many distractions um in our lives and i think it's it's too bad when uh, i mean music is a wonderful uh, backdrop but i think it should be more than you get more out of music when it's not just the backdrop to your other activities and i think the more that we can um focus on music and really listen to it make a space make that space in our lives to really listen to music and as you say go to concerts uh sit quietly you know and and just and just listen to music i think i think that's the way that it's really going to um have its greatest effect on us that's beautiful it's it really is the uh the there's power and i'm even seeing it with my children as now when they get in the car i turn on classical music i'm even getting into opera mm-hmm. just so you know and it changes it changes it if you just I mean, literally, I just say, just listen to her emotion. Listen to what she's feeling. They're like, we don't understand it. No, but just listen. Just listen. Mm -hmm. Great stuff, Jeanette. Jeanette Bicknell again. Go check out her book, um, Why Music Moves Us, which was published in 2009. Such, um, I mean, really, where would this world be without music? Appreciate it, Jeanette. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, our own uh, Merritt Meekham is going to, Give us, she's been doing some research, some very serious research about movies and music and how, uh, you know, they're not just picking any music. They're going to pick the music that moves you. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Right there. That little music. That's the Matt Townsend Show's contribution to the music world. You feel it? little hoedown music. Which means we're, you know, we're rounding up. We're, we're almost to the top of the hour. James, did you learn anything about romance and music just from our last guest? I need to carry around a guitar. I think I need to put no. the accordion shh, away. Shh, shh. You don't even need a guitar. Just the case. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. If you just carry just the, the case... case. Put your books in it. Carry your computer in your case. That's actually a really big percentage, 31% uh-huh. uh, more chance that I would actually get the number. That, oh, yeah. That's... that's Merit's, Merit's been carrying around a guitar <laughs> case for years. Wow. Unfortunately not. Apparently I should. But um, I do have an interesting story. My what? dad, who is a musician, when he was in college, they were, went on tour to go um, play in this jazz group all over yes. Europe and Asia. Partiers. And um, one of his friends asked another of his friends if he could borrow the saxophone case. Just borrow it. Yes. And they found out later if it's just if he could carry it for him, you know, but he was using it to pick up girls. They found out later. So, really? yeah, apparently the saxophone case works better than a trombone case or a tuba case, just in case you're wondering. You know, so what you might need to be selective with your instrument. Children. Choice. If you take children with you, it's a great way to pick up ladies. I, I can't deny that. But I mean. You got to have a story. You got to have a reason. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't gotta, just be carrying like, And you if they're that? your children, it's not as great of a way to pick up people because then you got lost. Misha's and nephews. Do. That's where it's at. Now, uh, who better to talk about movies than our own Merritt? Now, Merritt, a you were raised in a family full of musicians. I was. Mom yes. and dad, professors in music. Yes. So they let's are. just say they're out there musically. Yeah. Like they live everything we've talked about. Yeah, I kind of know. A ridiculous amount about music just yeah. because that was the dinner table conversation growing up was 
Shostakovich. Did I mean. they ever teach you what we brought to the sh- table? See, what they bring a lot of theory, Shostakovich, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we bring you, carry around a case, you're going to get Well, you married. know, my dad did tell me that story when I was very young. So he I did? So, yeah. The, well, I mean, with his friend in the sex phone case. Well, yeah, so but. I have known that for a while. Why don't you carry a case? Because they're heavy. Well, take the instrument out <laughs> and put your laptop in it. <laughs> just it's just, I'm just, I'm yeah. trying to help you guys. <laughs> I can't do everything. I can't find the idea and then do it for you. I can only lead a horse to water, but I can't make it drink. <sighs> did you wipe away a tear, James? Yeah, I, I did. That was beautiful. I was know, that a we tear? Felt really, no. I felt your I disappointment. Moved. I was moved. Yeah. Wow. I wasn't even going for movement. I was just... Venting. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, it worked. Uh, okay, Mara. So mu- music and movies. You love movies. Yeah. You I'm, watch I'm a million kind of movies. I'm really excited about this segment because it's my two favorite things. Okay. And by music the way, remind movies. me after, I need to ask you about Gravity. Again? <laughs> yes. Because we almost watched it and then I t- started telling everybody about the metaphor of life and th- I, that's all I knew. I didn't know the rest life. of the metaphor. It was a metaphor of life. So okay. it said we watched Ender's Game. Okay. Ender's Game, great flick, mm-hmm. and I watched I watched three movies this weekend. I'm so proud of you. Ender's Game, <laughs> wait till you hear what they are. Ender's Game, Hunger Games. Uh, which one? The second, second one. Second one. I like fire, that one. I Catching would... Fire. Yes. And another one that you An- will not another like. Another one. Um, that involves an anchor man. You know what? Anchorman Comedy. Anchorman 2. Has its place. I world. fell asleep in that one. Okay. And you know, I love I comedy it, so. and I love Anchorman and I love Dumb and Dumber, but I fell asleep in that. That one was harder. Okay. Anyway, it's cuz I'm maturing because you're you're helping me cleanse <laughs> my palate. You. Give us the give us the take on music and movies cuz it just it, it's not just to make more money. No, we kind of just sit there and we watch the movie and we just let the music be part of the experience. Sure. We don't really think of it outside of the this setting, you right. know, so we just we watch the movie and the mu- the music is happening while we watch the movie. But we very rarely think about the way music is affecting the way we view the movie, okay, and how it's affecting the way we interpret the movie, right. and you know how people can use music to manipulate the way that we see things. Interesting. So I'm going to okay. open up. This is a if you could just go on YouTube, you can type in "Scary Mary." This wow. is a a trailer that somebody made of Mary Poppins, except they recut it. So they changed the editing up a little bit. But most importantly, they changed the music to make Mary Poppins seem like a horror flick. So we're going to play just a little bit of that. Yeah. So that is the same song that the wonderful Julie Andrews sings. I don't want to go on. It's showing the same images. It is. I was watching. But it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of this interesting thing. All of a sudden, just with the change of music, Mary Poppins becomes a horror film. She's scary. Scary Mary. that is scary. Scary. So... And this isn't necessarily something that we even think of super no. consciously. So think of like a two-year-old and you're sitting down to watch a movie and your two-year-old's running around. 
the two-year-old knows it's scary even before something scary happens on screen. So right. if you've ever been sitting with a little kid watching a movie, they'll get scared before anything scary yeah. shows up on screen, oh, before sure. they see any scary images, because they can sense the change in the music. They can sense that the music like is Jaws. a little more eerie. It's mm. a little more um, minor, uh-huh. you know, sadder sounding. And they'll have the emotional reaction to that, run out of the room, hide in, you know. See, they're playing us. Yeah, it's super interesting. Boy. So. I'm going to talk a little bit about the different kinds of movie music. So the first one um, is we call it source music if you're in the industry or non-diegetic music if you're in the film industry. Uh, Non-diegetic? Diegetic. Basically, that means that you can see where the music's coming from in the movie. My favorite example of this is in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. When yeah. he sings "Twist and Shout" in the parade, right, right, you know exactly. He's what in the, the parade. I mean, he's singing. Yeah, you can see the band. Yeah. You know that right. the music is coming from the movie. So that's source music. You can see where the music is coming from. Um, but there's also underscoring or diegetic music, which is, or sorry, um, non-diegetic music, which is the kind of the score, the stuff that we hear underneath that isn't coming from the movie itself. So it, the characters can't hear that music. Yeah, yeah. And then um, that, that's that's every movie, right? Yeah, most movies have that. Um, because you need you need to have if you're driving your car, you just have to have that perfect music going. Yeah, as you're so driving usually it's car. some sort of emotional cue. It passes time. Um, you, there are tons of ways you can use it, but yeah. it's it's the the underscoring is the music that you you can't. The, the characters it, can't hear. You yeah. don't know where it's coming from. It's just kind of right. stuff. I always thought it was me. just playing in their heart. <laughs> in their heart, in their mind. Maybe not. You know? Um, and then there's always – so. but what we really think of usually is the themes. And so like a main theme, for example, here's one that we all know. Okay. Da, 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 da. Like, you yeah. know, in yeah. about three Indiana seconds. Indiana Jones. We, Indiana Jones. Oh. Or there's Harry Potter. You could sing that one in about three yeah, he, seconds. I don't know that one. James, you know that one? Dun, da, dun, da, 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 <laughs> something like that. Nope, still don't know it. Okay, so, um, not even close. <laughs> That's I get that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, that. wait. That was a good one. Or Star Wars. It's the one that you kind of walk away from the theater yeah. and you know exactly uh-huh. what song you're singing. You know, it's the one that if you hear the theme again, you'd be able to pick out which movie that is. Yeah. That's the the main. Thing. I guess the director cares. They they want a hit song. Yeah, because um, it just seems like I guess if it adds to the movie, if it's just if it's bigger than the movie, definitely. But maybe that's problematic. Think of it in terms of Frozen. Frozen over this past week officially ranked number one in the um, highest grossing animated movies. Wow! Yeah, it beat out Toy Story three. It is now the animated movie that has earned the most money. But. That's I huge. think a large part of that is because of Let It Go. Yeah. So it's the main theme of the movie, and you can you can pinpoint it from anywhere. If you're in the grocery store, yeah. you know when somebody's singing Let It Go, and it reminds you of the movie. So part of that is just it's from kind of a thematic perspective. You want the audience to think about your movie again. So that main theme and can make theme them think about it over again. And over, but yeah. also just from kind of a money perspective or you know a commercial perspective, every time you think of that theme, you think about that movie. Maybe you want to see it again. Yeah. Maybe you want to buy the soundtrack. Maybe you want to money. You know, it's always about get the some money. merchandise. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of the purpose of the main theme is to make you immediately think of that movie. That's cool. And then there is a certain kind of theme called the Leet motif. Hmm. It's a German We're word. We're learning a lot today. Yeah. What was that one? Leet motif. Okay. And um, that is a melodic phrase that is associated with a certain character or situation or place. 
So um, some really good examples of this is from Star Wars. The different characters have each of their themes. So we're going to listen to Luke Skywalker's theme. Right away, as soon as it comes in. Ah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So that is the the music. Whenever that music comes on, we know something important is happening with Luke Skywalker. Whereas um, we also have the Imperial March, which is Darth Vader's theme. And, of course, we all know that one right away. See, this one. This is NBC News, <laughs> or this is like this is what Don plays when he walks in. When he walks in, no, I mean, not to be rude, he's just intense. Don's here. Yeah. So whenever we hear those themes, we know exactly what's coming. We know the characters yeah. coming. We know a certain situation is going to happen. Usually, when we hear Darth Vader's theme, we're like, "Oh, yeah. something bad's going to happen." Someone's going to lose an um, arm. But also, you can use it to kind of indicate certain emotional things that are happening in the movie. Yeah. So Star Wars again is a great example. If we go back to the prequels that were made after the main movies, so, you know, when Anakin, mm-hmm. which is Darth Vader, yes. is a little kid, we, yeah, sorry. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler I, it's alert been like 10 for years, any dudes. of you that have been out of the <laughs> loop for the last 10 rock, years. <laughs> <laughs> but when, so an interesting thing is that when um, Padme has little baby Luke Skywalker, yeah. we hear there we go. Luke Skywalker's theme. In the music. So it's kind of this foreshadowing See, element. They're yeah. telling you, like, this is this Luke is Skywalker. This Lord is what's of the happening. Darkness. And also, when Anakin loses his temper, we can... hear the Darth Vader theme. So it's hinting with See, what's coming ahead. They can teach on multiple levels. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're pointing. Yeah. So it's basically the music is telling you how you're supposed to think and feel about a certain See. aspect of the movie. So... Um, in, Are we gonna let's take a break? Yeah, Are we we're gonna take back? a break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about how composers use all of those different elements that we just talked about to manipulate you as an audience. Yeah. I love manipulation. Oh yeah. I mean, only, yeah. But we, okay, James, are you taking notes? Not only for love, because we got that figured out. Yep. Uh, just get a, just get a guitar case. But we need to manipulate our audience more with music. Okay. Duly noted. Okay. So <laughs> would you get on that? So are you saying that whenever you enter the room, we need to play the Imperial March? Oh, anything. Okay. Anything. We're going to work on it. When we come back, we'll start manipulating you more with music. Today we're talking the influence, the power of music, how it uh, moves you, how it shakes you at times. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Hey, today we are talking music and its powerful influence on every one of our lives. You know what? Honestly, I've seen music change my children's self-esteem. Just knowing how to play a song. Last night, we're all gathered around. All of my uh, wife's family are sitting there. My bro- my son is on the piano, and they're like, Tanner, play us something. Sing us something. And my cute little boy, he's 
17, starts playing and singing. And you can just see they're just like, oh, he's amazing. And his, you just see self-worth like, okay, I've got a talent. By the way, I see that same thing on James. Every time James walks in the studio, we play a song um, from a famous uh, movie. And he makes us play it. And then he walks in and he usually uh, runs in circles and he puts his hands in the air and he d- does a little dance. This is the song. And just as you're listening, you could just imagine farmer tan arms, just white, skinny. Pumping in the air with victory. Yeah, he's running up the stairs out right in front of us. And then he usually slips a bit. He comes in winded, coughing, hacking. And yet victorious. And yet victorious. <laughs> and for some reason, we have a, a half of a beef, you know, half of a cow sitting over there. I know. And, and he, he starts he pounding starts on it. it. I don't know. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. He always brings half a slab of beef. See, that's impressive. That's yeah. why I stumble up the stairs when well, I go, because I'm carrying a slab of that's beef. It. Well, then you yell, ribs, anybody? And we go have ribs. Yeah. It happens it's every a, single day. Like, see, that song, that song, I watched Rocky as a kid. You too, Shawnee. See, you guys, you weren't even born. <laughs> I grew up on Rocky, man. Did you? Yeah, Rocky totally. Road? Rocky, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rocky Bullwinkle? All my life. Rocky and Bullwinkle? No, you, Rocky you, 3. Rocky you? 3 was my favorite movie. 3 was the third best, Rocky. Uh, what? No. That's, yeah. no. <laughs> what, do you like Adrian, Rocky 5? Adrian! Adrian! <laughs> That's how that yeah. goes. I don't know. I, I, Mr. T was just a classic. He was a classic. He was, he was better on the A-team. Yeah. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> hey, back to you, Merritt. Merritt, uh, Merritt's been doing some. By the way, again, she was born and bred to be a music professor, but instead she's thrown her family upside down on their heads as she's now moved into the field of film and video. And what do we? What's film and what are you calling it? Film, <laughs> just the film. Film's your degree. Film and television. That would probably be the yeah, more film accurate and thing to say. And because of that, she's taken her in, her history as you know a child of professors of music and her love of film, and she's noticed things that most of us don't pay attention to. <laughs> it's true; not he, a lot of people pay attention to us, but it does influence. But you us, use the no word manipulation. And manipulation. We, and I love the idea. Yes, it has a negative connotation. That word we don't yeah. like to be manipulated. But let me tell you, any movie that you've truly you're enjoyed, you're totally being manipulated. When that music comes on, yeah. I mean, just yeah. think of. I mean, lots of people love horror movies. Uh, yeah, that's the yeah. nest oh, yeah. of manipulation right, right. there. <laughs> um, and really, even any movie that you watch that has maybe been inspiring to you or emotionally moving to you, there's a lot of manipulation going oh, yeah. on. And one way that filmmakers do that is through music. Nothing wrong with that. Not at all. So we kind of talked about the different types of music that we have. And I'm going to use an example from a very classic film, which if you haven't seen, you should go and see it tonight because it has stood the test of time. And that film is Casablanca. There's a very, very famous scene in this Mm -hmm. movie where Mm -hmm. Ilsa, um, this woman, Uh she comes into Rick's bar and she says, she sits down and asks the pianist to play the song that was her and it's not again. It's just play Play it, Sam. Play it, Sam. Anyway, so she sits down and she asks the Sam, the pianist, to play this theme, and which was kind of her and Rick's song at some oh, point in time. See. So we're going to listen to that when okay. she sits down, and this is what Sam plays the first time. 
remember this A kiss is just a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by Yeah, so this lovely theme that we know and love. That's played at every and, Oscars. Um, every Oscars oh, yeah, totally. plays that song. Because every it's time. the best. It's the, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so that song kind of signifies the love that Ilsa and Rick had at some at yeah. the point. That she's just, years ago when yeah. they were in Paris and they were in love. She was in Dreaming this, Land. She was in La La Yeah, Land. and if you look at her on the screen. The screen, her expression, she's serene, she's remembering, she's happy. Because this that song signifies to her yeah. something that was very happy to her. However, just a few minutes later in that scene, Rick storms in and he says, why are you playing that song? I told you never to play that song. Oh. And he tells him to stop, Sam to stop playing. But then he sees Ilsa, who's returned after years That's and years. Why. He hasn't seen her. And this is, you have to listen under a little bit of dialogue because this we Sam isn't playing at this point. But... The song has changed. This time it's in a minor key. Well, you are asking about Rick, and here he is, Mademoiselle. May I present... Uh, Hello, well, sir. Hello, Rick. Oh, you've already ah. So this time, um, the music is in the score instead of yeah. from the piano, and um, it's in a minor key. It sounds kind of eerie. Yeah. It sounds twisted, and it becomes a very you still hear it very prevalent in the sound mix, yeah. even as other people start talking. And at this point, that kind of shows how Rick is. He feels betrayed and rejected by this song. He feels it has a lot of emotional mess associated with this song and not only that but because we still continue to hear it even as he goes on talking and Ilsa introduces him to her husband and yeah. to other people around we still hear that music and Rick is so preoccupied with the haunting melody of that song that he can't even think about what's going on see how much that communicates without a word yeah definitely powerful so that's just one example of how a composer how a film composer can use the music to indicate how you should feel in a certain situation, how it shows the more emotional elements. Um, Some other ways composers use music is to give authenticity to a certain setting. So if you hear music that is of a certain time or place, it can, you know, kind of add to that. Um, It can make something funny or campy. A great example is in the movie A Knight's Tale. (laughs) There's this random like pop rock musical number right in the middle and it just kind of indicates this is supposed to be funny because obviously the song has nothing (laughs) to do with this medieval jousting story. So it can make something really amusing. Um, It can make you feel uncomfortable or uncertain if you're seeing images that are on the screen that don't correspond with the music. So if you're seeing something really beautiful but there's creepy music playing, you know something's up. Or if you're seeing um, really yucky images and beautiful music's playing it can you know just what if you don't get any of emotional discord see this is the thing is you might not be thinking about it Mm -hmm. consciously but you're still having the emotional response but that's powerful like do you somebody who has studied this are you noticing it as it's happening or are you just going away with the emotion (laughs) i usually notice it when it's happening but i am i am far gone into just sitting down and watching a movie and enjoying it yeah that's been ruined for you not ruined because I really love analyzing film. So, yeah, so it's I like a hobby. Yeah. Um, but of course, um, there's – oh, sorry. One more thing is that we can also – the absence of music or the absence of sound can create just as oh, much yeah. tension as music can. The most famous example is from a movie Contact. 
few it's a space movie no, about aliens okay. oh, and the first yeah. few minutes of the film are completely silent and it's kind of indicating the silence of space or more recently gravity of yes. course uses silence very effectively we we experience a lot of silence on this show yeah and i've noticed it's very powerful silence. <laughs> it's it, yeah. it is awkward anyway but lastly no conversation about music movies could be complete without talking about Jaws because it changed music scores forever. So we're going to play a little bit of that for us all to enjoy. So obviously everybody knows with those two notes, we know exactly what's happening. We that know exactly what's coming. Per note, they made more money per note on <laughs> no that song. Kidding. Um, and it's really funny, actually. I've done a lot of, of reading up on Jaws and yeah. um, how they came up with that. When John Williams, the composer, pitched this to Steven Spielberg, the filmmaker, Spielberg was – he liked it, but he was very wary. He's like, really? Are you really going to be able to pull that's, that off? That's it? I made this shark and I spent a ridiculous amount of money out in the ocean and this is all you came up with was tuna. That's all you got. But um, luckily, John Williams convinced him that this was a good idea. They started playing. They sat down at the piano and John Williams showed Steven Spielberg all the things they could do with those two notes. Um, But what the thing is the most amazing to me is that John Williams uses those two notes to completely manipulate you all throughout the movie. So, for example, whenever you hear those two notes... You know the shark's coming. Yeah. You know that somewhere out there, the shark is going to There's get a somebody. Shark out you know, there. right? And the, when it gets faster, da, 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 that's when it's getting closer, and so oh, it increases yeah. the tension. And that, since that happens in the very first scene of the film, we know that that's what the music means. And so every time we hear the music afterward, we know so that as soon as we hear it, we're going you know, we know what to expect. But he. John Williams also uses this in some very interesting ways. For example, he'll use that music and then the shark won't show up. He's teasing you. He's a jerk. Exactly. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> it's brilliant. But he'll he'll play the music and then you don't see it. So you're like, oh, is does it really mean so, the shark? You don't know up? because so you sharks, don't know. you don't know. Yeah, it leaves this huge amount of uncertainty. That's crazy. Or he won't play the music before the shark shows up, so it completely surprises you. And then all of a sudden you're being eaten and you yeah. didn't even get a dud um. That's so, a bad way to go. Yeah, next time you watch Jaws, think of how that music's affecting you. Oh. It's absolutely brilliant. And again, probably more money on those two notes. Than... Yeah. I've ruined my children's lives with those two notes. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you're terrifying. Like, like, they're nervous. Like, when we, we'll, on, a, on our little spring break, we always watch Jaws for some odd reason. I don't know why. It's like about, it's, like it's Shark yeah. Week or something. Right? Yeah. But it's really not. But then then around the house, it's like, dun, dun. And they're like, dad, no. <laughs> Please, no. It's bad. But it's fun for the dad. <laughs> yeah. That was a great job. Thank you. I have fun talking about this kind of what thing. What is your favorite uh, song? My in, favorite song? In music or movie history. Come on. One song. Oh, you wow. got one. You get one. I get one. Can I pick two? Well, look at I'll you. I'll take two examples. Sure. Okay, I love As Time Goes By from Casablanca. Yes. I think that is just an absolutely classic song. That's a good one. One more recent example is I love the soundtrack from the movie War Horse. I think it's very beautiful. Yes, so if you, and Broadway. That's a Broadway show too, right? Yeah, it? they don't have the music in the Broadway show because it's not a okay. musical. But it, I just think that's a great example of a beautiful soundtrack. So That's – okay. Yeah. I wouldn't have picked either of those. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Sean used to be the movie critic for BYU Radio. True. Still are in my mind. Okay. Uh, well, for me, I have to go with Jaws because I still remember being 10 years old and going to the beach after seeing Jaws yeah. 
trauma. And, and just stopping <laughs> before I realized, wait a minute, that's water. Um, I can't hear there it. There might be a shark out there. Oh, that's um, tragic. I think I'll stay here. See, that's Thank sad. You. Are you okay now? Yeah. You're but right. you, know, you do realize that oh. was a PG movie. Was it really? Yes, in 1975. Well, there was yes. We were we were war back then. We didn't care about our children. And we walked both hill, you know, yeah. up, uphill both ways. Yeah. So and we let them ride without a seatbelt. Exactly. If you survive, you'll survive. Matt, James, what's your favorite? I will survive. That's I'm a great question. You. Um, I uh, sound of music. No. Yes. No. The hills are alive. Your man card just got taken away. Oh. <laughs> well, you're assuming I had a man card. No, uh, I that and um, what was the other? Oh, and the Wizard of Oz. Any music from those two because those were that was my childhood. Because I I was raised with three women, three sisters that would all act out. One sister that thinks she's Julianne. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I also like <laughs> um, Fiddler on the Roof. If I were a rich man, yes. <laughs> Raindrops keep falling on my head. Oh, B.J. Yeah. Thomas. Yes. See, I st- that was the very first movie was I was ever taken to. Life. My mom took me to it. We were on an, uh, a Navy base in Hawaii. Yeah. And I still remember it was an outdoor See? theater. And the thing came on. And I remember watching the trailer on TV. And yeah. whenever they started riding a bike around. In that the, was Butch Cassidy. That was Butch Sundance. Cassidy and Sundance Kid. They started singing oh. that song. And I started belting it out in the middle of the theater. And then she had to take you out. Exactly. <laughs> That's like Maddie and Let It Go in Frozen. Yeah, yep. Maddie and yeah, that was belting sad. it out during the movie and everything. Yeah, wow. Maddie. Well, they do have a one. sing-along version now in the yeah. theater, so yeah, well, they made that we for Maddie. Yes. Well, cool, good job. We're taking a break. Uh, music. Think about it. Just think about all the memories you have because of the music in your life. When we come back, Brooke Walker is going to be joining us. She has gone big time. Uh, We're going to pick her brain about a trip she took to New York where she got to meet all the stars. And then we're going to get into maybe a deeper cut about the power of music and, uh, you know, how that might influence your life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we've been taking on, you know, music, the power of music in your life. And uh, we thought, you know, in a roundabout way, what better person to bring on than Brooke Walker, the queen of uh, television. She's the host and executive producer of Studio 5 with Brooke Walker and a member of an award-winning KSL News team. She also works with Operation Smile and Primary Children's Medical Center and has been traveling this last week to New York. Brooke, welcome to the show. Hello. I've been warming up all afternoon Have you? this topic been... of music was coming at me. You, you, okay, before we get to the music. <laughs> yeah. You have been, you've been like a total stargazer. Oh my gosh. I've been a stalker. I've been a star stalker. You've been a star stalker, which I wasn't going to use the stalker word, but you couldn't have said it better. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I I just got back from New York. I was out there with um, NBC, so I work for the uh, NBC Salt Lake affiliate. And we went out there and we did a bunch of set tours and a bunch of interviews with all of the NBC actors and actresses and Huge. personalities. And it was a big week. It was so, really fun. So let's just do a quick rundown and then we'll ask questions. Uh, you got to meet with Jimmy Fallon. Yes, sir. You also got to meet the Donald. 
the Donald Trump, Seth Meyers. I got to meet Ivanka and Don Jr. Trump as well. Wow. Set of the Blacklist, if any Blacklist fans are listening. We got to go on the set of Blacklist and interview Megan Boone and all of her co-stars. That's a big up-and-coming show on studio on, on NBC. And then also went behind the scenes of Law & Order SVU. Wow. Which I have been a huge fan of for years. So that was my geek out moment where I was trying to just play it cool. And Is that, it that's wasn't. when you lost yourself? Is that when security was called? Yeah, actually, that's when that. I'd rather not talk about that, but that's, yeah, that's when that went down. <laughs> but you got to meet. Who, who did you meet uh, with Law and Order? You know what? Mariska Hargitay. Oh, yeah. That's a hard name to say. Yeah, I had to practice that. No, she's she's founded the Joyful Heart Foundation because of her work on Law and Order SVU, helping women um, in domestic violence situations. She's done a lot of great things. And then uh, Danny Pino was on the set, set Ice T was there as well. He was quite quite a character. <laughs> and then Kelly Giddish, who plays Amanda Rollins on the show. Wow. Yeah. You, you're like, look at you. I've never mm-hmm. seen, I don't think since you got married, I haven't seen you this happy. <laughs> who who stands out? I mean, you met the Donald and his, yeah. and, and what's, is it, what's Ivanka? Ivanka. She was actually very, very warm, which I have to say was a little surprising. Yeah, she seems like she would be a little colder, but she's a warm person. Yeah, she plays the cool cat. But hands down, Jimmy Fallon was probably the most impressive, the most real, the most down-to-earth. I got an email from his um, assistant that morning, and I was just waiting for the interview to fall through. I was expecting yeah. the email. To yeah, say, he's going to drop No it. time for you. Yeah. But instead, the email said, you know, hey, Brooke, we've, we've, we've rounded up your bio online, and Jimmy's read that, but he just wanted a few kind of personal inside facts about you that he could weave into the interview. And I thought, wow, that he just takes the time to try to really personally identify with those he's talking to. I thought that said a lot. That, you know, it's, it says an awful lot because uh, I've never done that and I don't have a billionth of the show that he has. <laughs> right. But see, that's right. I just I just make up facts if they're not there. There you go. You just pull from wherever it comes from, and that cloud becomes your fact. Yeah, I mean, last week we had somebody apparently having a baby that really wasn't even pregnant, <laughs> just because I suggested it. It's not good. It's not productive. But so Jimmy Fallon was one of your favorites, and then you had kind of the little, you know, you lost yourself on the Law and Order set. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I, I pulled it together for the sake of the story, but yeah. it was definitely, it was really cool. We got to watch him tape a scene and, and kind of observe that whole filming process, which is so different than TV. I've been doing um, television news and lifestyle television for the last 10 years, but film and um, sitcom you know, production is totally different. Oh, so yeah. Well, you, you were exciting. also on the set of Granite Flats, BYU Television's Granite Flats. I did. Yes. It's been a whirlwind of a month. I was on the set of Granite Flats about two weeks ago, and I don't know if I'm officially allowed to release this, but I'll give you the exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was actually... Were you in a scene? scene. Were you really? Were you one of the girls extra. screaming at the crowd or something? Yeah, I, well, I could have filled that role very well, but instead, I can't tell you who I was because it's part of a secretive plot. Okay, line, but yeah. I was an extra. You will see me in the background. Really? Because uh, I saw background. you dressed in the garb. What was it? The fifties. Mm-hmm. And you, totally, you were yeah. totally decked out. That that granite flats is an impressive production. Oh, it's huge. So they, I mean, the wardrobe area. I got to go through there and put on these cool vintage clothes, and yeah. I got my hair and makeup done, which basically consisted of deconstructing all the makeup that was already on my face and sending me out there just bare and fresh and scary. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. Everyone was really nice. And I appreciated the actors on that particular set just spoke to what a family-friendly atmosphere it was, how comfortable and clean. And, and that was really neat to hear and to see. Have you decided, are you, are you going to move on? Or have you decided to go become an actress? 
or you know, to, do you want your own yeah. Jimmy Fallon show now? Do you think Law and Order that. is you know in your future, yeah. or are you just going to stick with the you know the daytime? I think kinda... if I was smart, I'd probably stick with what I was doing. But I got to tell you, it was pretty fun to play that role just for a small minute. Oh yeah, I think it'd be really fun to like have a trailer and yeah. and just be able to say and just com- make commands and yell people and come on Take your fingers yeah. And- Hey, and I will say, every single set we visited had a pretty impressive, they called it crafty, but craft services. Yeah, yeah. Every time you turned around, it was like a brand new spread, a brand new table of food. Really? Candy. I don't know how those actresses stay so thin. (sighs) See, you know what we have on our show? Tell me. We have a vending machine. (laughs) <laughs> and if you if you have time to run to the vending machine, you can pick out anything you want with your money. There you go. That's how we roll here. What 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 do you frequently? I just consumed a Snickers bar. Oh, delicious! It was the perfect pick me up. That was actually That's my lunch and my breakfast. Oh, because I saw you this morning. You health help. Yes, you did. You were in studio. You did a great segment. Have we? Can we talk about what that segment was about? Um, sure. What? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. What? Oh, You're like first remind me. I, I, this we had a fun. We were talking about um, the show. What's it called? Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we talked about different communication styles. We did. It was fantastic. Hey, um, I, I was just updated, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and do your music bit. Um, but here's the deal: you know that some scenes get cut, so you may be cut from the Granite Flats scene. Unacceptable. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not saying anything because we don't know anything. You have inside information down there at BYU Radio? Yeah, but no, mm-hmm. no, no. Do they know I contribute to your show because that might persuade them to keep No, Brooke, seat. just so you know, that might be better that you don't <laughs> let that out if you want On to keep. Thought, yeah, we'll keep that close to yeah. the best. But I, I'm pretty sure the, the man in charge of all that is Scott Swafford. And, um, yes, I interviewed Scott. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did he did he did he say anything at the end? Because like at the end, you'll usually know if you're coming back. Like back in the day on 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 Johnny Carson, you would know if you're going to be invited over because he would like he'd he'd signal you and invite you over. Did Scott have any signal that you're going to be on? Like did he say, yeah. "Hey, we'll see you on TV when we air Granite Flats"? Did he say that? Now that you say that, no. However, he was nearby when I filmed my scene, and he gave me a thumbs up, so I'm taking that as an encouraging sign. Well, that's not what Scott meant. (laughs) Scott gives everyone a thumbs up. You've just dashed my hopes and dreams right here, right now. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, Scott, I'm sure you're in. Scott, if he gives you a thumbs up, that means he likes you, or uh, he thinks you're eating and consuming too much of the food from the catering table. In yeah. which case, I will dash over to your vending machine, buy 10 Snickers, and go and replenish everything I took. Yeah. Break nowhere. I'll cover it for you. I'll cover it. Thank I'll go talk you. to Scott. I'll make a call. Hey, we're talking with Brooke Walker, and we're going to take a break. When we come back, Brooke's going to... Brooke, what are you going to talk about? Well, I was going to ask you that same question. Well, you know what? Let's just figure it out. Okay, we will. Brooke Walker, you know... She's the queen of television, for heaven's sake. She knows Jimmy Fallon. Give me a break. She's been on Granite Flats. We'll take a break. More with Brooke after this break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we've been talking about music and influence. Then we brought on Brooke Walker, who brought us back to Hollywood. Brooke, you know, did did a tour, a one-state tour to New York and got to walk on to a, a, a bunch of wonderful sets. But here's the key. This is why we bring Brooke back. Again, Brooke is the host and executive producer of Studio 5 with Brooke Walker, which is a, uh, a an awesome show, not to brag, but in, in Salt Lake City um, is where the show is aired and throughout the Intermountain West. Um, awesome insight just into life. It's kind of a, a, a day. Brooke, what would you call it? What, what kind of show is it? It is a lifestyle show. Lifestyle show. And uh, today, for example, she um, made food with pimento cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I did. Did you try one? I didn't. Oh, it was pretty. I was surprised. It was. It was decent. My, I'm allergic to pimento. You are not. Because as a kid, it just was always the bad cheese. That's yeah, the cheese. With those weird things. It was pretty it. good. It was a spread you could put in between mm. bread, or it's actually a favorite. I don't know if you heard this part of golfers at the yes, uh, Masters I heard. tournament every year. I heard. Yeah. See, so so for all of those that want to know how to do that, just go to ksl.com forward slash studio five. That's it. Is that right? Well, studio5.ksl.com will get you there faster. How about that? Whatever you got, Brooke. Whatever. Hey, talk about compliments. Because uh, on your show, again, you see a a thousand people a day. Yeah. You you and Jimmy Fallon. And yet you make it seem so real. I saw you meet a group of about 40 youth, 40 12 to 17 year olds and you made it seem you got to know them you made it seem like your best friends how do you how do you do this how do you build relationships how do you use compliments effectively to keep so many friends I recently, so this whole topic kind of came to be because I wrote, I wrote an article for KSL.com actually titled Four Compliments Every Woman Wants to Hear. Yes. And it was just my personal observation of phrases and sentences that women crave to hear but don't aren't told often enough because the thing about women, you know this, women are good, right? Women yeah, they're are incredible. Sensitive. And they spend a large part of their day nurturing and validating other people. Yep. And so the value of that woman-to-woman compliment becomes all the more meaningful because they spend so much of their day filling other people's buckets, so to speak. Yep. So I came up with a small, humble list that consisted of just some compliments that the women in your life would like to hear, whether you are – I mean, I think woman-to-woman, it kind of means a little bit more in some of the context that I, I kind of suggested. But even to your wife or to your neighbor or to your sister or to your aunt – these are things women want to hear. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. The first one is you are so good at what you do. Mm, that's a good that's one. A good one. Yeah. Just whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a CEO, everyone just wants to be noticed for their contributions, right? You are just so saying, good at what you do. You And you, Matt, are so good at what you do. You're not a woman, but I think anyone well, appreciates that. And I appreciate you <laughs> distinguishing that because <laughs> that could have easily slipped by. Yes. The second one I think that we could throw out a little more often is just your husband, your significant other. They are a great guy. And here's the thing. It, it shouldn't be this way, but I think for a lot of women, they naturally possess this, this like internal anxiety over yeah. their partner's success, right? They, they chose this man, for heaven's sake. So they see that choice, you know, what th- that person does as a reflection of their own choice, for good or for bad, right? So your hubby um, is such a great guy. He's such a wonderful person. Yeah, it just makes that, it reassures that yeah. woman and makes her feel like, yeah, I did good make choice. a good choice good that choice. Yeah. And yes, they're standing by my side and doing a great job. That's great. The third, third one is that was just what I needed to hear. 
which might not read as a direct compliment, but it basically means, that phrase basically means you are wise and I'm grateful you care. Because here's the thing, women spend a lot of time thinking about how they can support and validate and lift those around them. And so by acknowledging someone's perspective and acknowledging that they knew you well enough to offer up that single piece of advice, that was just what I needed to hear, kind that's, of lifts them and makes them feel validated in their efforts. And that's just, that's val- that is validation 101. That's what I yeah. needed to hear. That's good. That is uh, see, these are good. Are, are you writing these down, James? James is taking notes as well. So James better be taking copious notes. By the way, let me just, before you get to the fourth one, James always, this is a compliment James uses a lot, but I wanted to run it by you. Let's hear it. Uh, it's always, hey, you don't look fat in that. <laughs> is that, what do you think? That is what we would call a backhanded compliment. Okay, James, backhanded. That's a James, backhanded no. compliment. Did you write that in down, fact, James? I hate that when, and I'm just going to be totally <laughs> vulnerable and honest right now, when viewers, you know, run into yeah. the grocery store or whatever, the one phrase I don't quite know how to respond to is, oh my gosh, you're so much skinnier in person. Oh. Um, thanks. Yeah. Right? That James, is. Tell James no. That needs to be crossed off the Yeah, list. James, cross that one off. It's officially crossed off the list. He actually got his phone Thank out, you. just so you know, and he actually deleted that line. No, but Perfect. to be completely honest, along the same line, uh, on the morning show, I was the engineer today, and there was yeah. actually something hilarious that somebody said what? regarding what? that. Um, this person was talking about um, the young ambassadors here at BYU yeah. and about, like, oh, what the people must be thinking um, in the audience when they're watching them. And he said, they're doing, the, the, speaking of the guys, they're doing massive lifts with the girls. And the kids, <laughs> and the kids are thinking, man, those guys must be strong. And I was like, wow, right. that's, that's a... Yeah. You gotta watch those words. We have the yeah. biggest loser coming here to Salt Lake to do auditions, and yes. everyone, you know, describe it when describing the event. Our, our our promotions director keeps saying it'll be a huge event. I mean, it's going to be huge. huge. There are going to be people. <laughs> every yeah, you gotta watch those words. Oh, that sounds heavy. <laughs> Very good. Okay, what's your fourth one? That's fourth one is you're so much like your mom, and I got some flack. Oh, that's about cool because. Here's the thing. I don't know anything about anyone's mom, really. And, and it, you might be thinking that I don't want to be anything like, like well, my Well, if your mother's a murderer, you don't right. want to use that one. Valid statement. But I think regardless of the person that your mom is or is not, there's kind of a, a sentimental strength mm-hmm. that comes from being, from being connected to someone who has gone before you. It's yes. that heritage family tree phenomenon that really makes people feel connected and, and grounded. And I think the older we get, the more we appreciate those little traits that our own parents handed down to us. So you could say the value of this compliment kind of increases as we age. Yeah. Well, and if, but I if, love that. But you're, you, I could see somebody saying that about you and your mom. Right. So that's why it, it resonates because you. your mom's incredible and you're incredible and someday you'll be an incredible mom. You're so kind. Well, my mom is also a little goofy and I'm She's a, a goofball. My husband actually says that a lot to me, number four. You know, if I'm like dancing and singing my way around the kitchen, he'll just be like, you are so much like your mother, meaning it in a well-nurtured way. But really, I think at the end of the day, we all want to be like someone we respect. So if it's not your mom, maybe yeah. it's your grandma or your aunt or someone who's played that mothering role in your life. Let's get something clear. When you said your husband, number four... You meant, um, you didn't mean your fourth husband. You no, meant, meant he's just your husband. Yeah. Compliment number uh-huh. four okay. quite often. Yeah. Hey, Thank I'm just here to help, time. Brooke. Hey, I appreciate the clarity you bring to conversations <laughs> because just like this every day. <laughs> that could have gone really bad. Oh, just because everyone's like, does Brooke really have four husbands? Yes, no. No, you don't. You have one. And he's a stud because uh, Mark does. So when you write the compliments list, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. does Mark actually then print them out? And can he ever get can he ever use them without you being like, nice try? 
you know what? I don't even know if Mark knows I wrote that article. So Ooh. he can say them all he wants, yeah. and I will take them as if I've never heard them before. Do you want me to call him? I'll could let him know. Please, could you let him know I wrote this great article? Yeah, because it's a great article. No, he's very supportive and good. I just don't bother him with the details of everything I do. That's cool. See, I, I, I love it. I think you did great. Well, thank you. Why don't you, you write more? Well, I am a little busy. busy interviewing people like Jeremy Fallon. Yeah, I, don't I mean, to keep bringing that up, but I mean, I know. And if um, I think what it was, you had like you gave us a list of like six things. If you'd only done four of them, like maybe if you hadn't gone to Seth Meyers, or if you hadn't done the blacklist, you could have maybe written something. I know, I know. I've got to get those priorities straight. Well, that's why we're here. But you're on our show, which is like a huge priority, which I think is a a really big deal. I don't care that you're a name dropper. <laughs> Jimmy I've, Fallon, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Jimmy Fallon. If, hey, if, I, 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 I drop your name just as much. Okay, if you, you would drop my name Matt with Jimmy Fallon's, okay, do that. I interviewed Jimmy Fallon last week, and this morning you will yeah. never believe it, but I Who? interviewed Dr. Matt Townsend. <gasps> the Dr. Matt Townsend? You heard me, and he was such a great guy. And he oh, I love him. And he plopped down and had us all laugh. Hold on, plopped down. Oh, oh, oh. You didn't I mean... use plop. Oh, that is, <laughs> oh my heavens. It's like I'm on the biggest loser. And you he just sat threw out gently in his seat and tucked his <laughs> pants behind him, crossed his leg and sat attentively during the interview. In a yoga position. Very good. In the barking dog yoga position. Is there such a thing? No, I don't know. I've never been to yoga. Warrior. I might it's have the to warrior. demonstrate that next time you're in the studio. I will. Someday I'm I'll do yoga with you. Oh boy. Yeah, have your people call my people on that okay, one. Okay, we'll we'll talk. They'll talk. Brooklyn Walker, you're the best. Thanks Thank for you being for having me. Always fun to chat with you. And thanks for like, you know, hanging out with Jimmy Fallon. How cool are you? I do what I can. And then sharing it. Do it. I mean, so we're, we're living vicariously through you. Well, I don't know about that. Brooke Walker, take care of your family, your life. You're the best. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Good stuff. Man, some people have got a life. Oh, and you're learning a lot, James. Okay, so don't say, hey, you don't look as fat as you used to. Yeah, that was just exactly what I wanted to hear. That's a big learning. Sean? Best movie compliment ever. I see you're drinking 1%. Is that because you think you're fat? Because you're not. You could be drinking whole if you wanted to. Napoleon Dynamite. Very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't ever mention what kind of drink or milk they're drinking. That's just going to get you in trouble. We're taking a break. We're going to come back, wrap up the show. Maddie Richards is back. By the way. Sporting a headband, looking a little bit like uh, Wonder Woman. And uh, she's going to come back. We're going to play a music lyrics game after this break. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That's the hoedown music, which means it's time to bring Maddie on. Hello. Hello, Maddie. <laughs> Maddie Richards is back. Uh, she's been gone for a week. I know. You missed me so much. I, I totally missed you a ton. And I... then um, when I found out you had gone this morning, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I mean, I did miss you, but... Well, that's okay. It was a I weird week. I didn't miss you either. You so. didn't miss me? No, I was in Disneyland. Were you? I was. Is that where you got your headband? No. Actually, she, Wonder Woman gave it to you're me. You're sporting a beautiful headband that's probably like from the 20s. 
Yeah, it might. No, it's it's current day. Okay. I know you just want to wear it. That's why you can't stop looking at it. Well, I can't stop looking at it because <laughs> it's so shiny and bright. I know. It's beautiful, right? It is beautiful. And uh, while you were gone, we um, I bought you a present. No, you didn't. But I, did. I bought you a present. Look, Matt. Look what I got you. Ooh. For me? From Disneyland? Yeah. The famous little stripey suckers that everyone gets when they go down there. Are they famous? Yeah. Have you ever been to Disneyland? Yes. I don't remember stripey suckers. But you know what? It is a unicorn. It's a goofy unicorn sucker. It's perfect for you. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Why do you say goofy unicorn? Why is that perfect for me? I don't know. But I got candy for everyone else too, so everyone should come grab one. We don't eat candy in the studio. Well, I know you don't, but everybody else does behind your back. Okay. So they're just going to sit there. Um, they have Mickey on them. They're so Well, we cute. bought you something. No, you didn't. No, we did. I got you a new headset. <laughs> I did right there. Oh, you grabbed yep. the first thing you saw. That yep. was so sweet. Well, I, I looked. I, I thought it through. Do I get to take this home with me? Uh, I don't know. Ask Sean. Ask Sean about that. Sean? Hey, uh, as we wrap up the show, we've been talking music. Yeah. Now, you've been partying, having fun, giving yeah. candy to everyone. Um, misheard lyrics. Yeah. This is... <laughs> I went all the way through high school without knowing lyrics. Oh, I Because I sure. could make them up. You don't need to know the lyrics if you can make them up. Well, except for sometimes you hear, it's like the bad, rip le- bad lip readings. Yeah. You hear or you see something that's right. totally wrong and off. Yeah. I've got a huge, a, a, a pretty good sized list. Let's hear them. Let's hear, let's hear the just most give it, crazy So ones. how do you do this? Do you give us the song and then, I mean, because I, I I'll probably give you, know. I'll give you... The maybe I'll give you the the messed up and okay. we'll see if you can f- remember the right lyrics. Does oh, that yeah, sound good? That won't happen, but Sean's here. Stick around, Sean. All right. When a man loves a walnut. Can you hear it? Yeah. You hear that, right? <laughs> when a man loves a walnut, do people think it's a walnut? Well, okay. I I was like, that's ridiculous. And then I heard the clip and I. Oh my goodness! It kind of sounds like that. Hold on, I thought that that was them making fun of when no, a man loves a woman. No, that's the real song. Oh, when a man loves a woman, I think, and it, you can hear it now. That yeah. song is rude for even, everybody I out hate there walnuts. now. <laughs> All right, my throat itch. You ready? This is Matt's favorite song. Yeah, let's just play it, James. Listen for the words "fight with plastic." What a spastic! <laughs> Who's that? It's Barbie Girl. Is that Barbie Girl? That's the Barbie Barbie Girl song. And some people hear the word fight with plastic, what a spastic, instead of life in plastic, it's fantastic. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, because you know the song so well because you love that song. But well, other people have never that's heard it That's my pump-up song that I, bl- I use I right know. before the show to get pumped up. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. All right. I'm blue. If I were green, I would die. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. Well, let's go on it. to the next one then. No, no, no. Oh. It's here. It's oh. just James. wait for it. Wow. If I was green, I would die. Weird, yeah. right? Who hears I th- that? I think there's so many different ones that, that that can be. I like. I'm in need of a guy. Yeah, I yeah. heard that I'm one too. I'm blue and I'm in need of a guy. Well, that's why you're blue. Yeah. Yeah. Because you mean, need a guy. But the real lyrics actually are like Babadi Babadai. 
which I mean, I don't know why. Well, they, that makes right. more sense to me. Oh yeah, then Baba actual words. No, that's really deep. Baba that's very metaphorical. Yeah. Baba D, Baba Dai. What we ought to do is ask Merritt because Merritt could tell us what that means. Yeah, what does Baba D, Baba Dai mean, Merritt? Merritt's the only one that actually would know. I yeah. think Baba D is a guy that's going to die. It has something to do with Russian philosophy. You shouldn't bother yourself. <laughs> Shostakovich. Tchaikovsky. Yeah, that. Okay. That thing. All right. No, it makes sense. Baba dee, baba die. That's good. good All right. Times. All right. The next one. See that girl. Watch her scream, kicking the dancing queen. <laughs> Poor queen. I'm pretty sure that is the correct lyric. See that girl. Watch her scream, kicking the dancing. Queen. Yeah, that's it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how these people hear that because I feel like these are class. Sean's shaking his head. He's Sean, so upset that well, people Sean's don't know these songs. He just found out the real words. <laughs> what are the real words? See that girl. Watch that scene. Dig in the dancing queen. Digging? She's kicking the dancing queen. <laughs> Instead of scene, we're screaming. I don't know. It's a, it's a great song. This is incredibly. This is so edifying. I know. Because we have no idea, uh, you know. I did not know. I thought I was dead on with kicking the dancing queen. I bet mm. you did. Okay, keep going. All right. We've all heard the song like, it's too late to apologize, right? Well, now listen for it's too late to order fries. It's too late to order fries. That's true. Yeah, right? It's too late to order fries. <laughs> What time is it? Oh, twelve oh one. It's too late to order fries. One well, because they sing it. It's breakfast all, now. <laughs> that that line is in that song. I, I'm probably like a hundred fifty times. Yeah. So I can't. I don't think they're really that upset about someone not apologizing. I mean, I would be that upset about fries though if it was too late to order my fries. <laughs> I would sing about it a hundred fifty. Definitely times. worthy a song. Worthy yeah, of a song. It's true. Where when is it ever too late to order fries? Never actually. It's never too late. I think in I think in McDonald's sometimes they stop because they start because breakfast. They Once breakfast. you start breakfast, it's hash browns. It's too late for yeah. It's too late for fries. That's a good point. Um, all right, we're gonna move on to the Canadian national anthem. Okay. We're listening for "We Stand on Cars and Freeze." We stand on cars and freeze. Really? That's what the Canadians do. We stand on the cars and freeze. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the actual lyric, I'm pretty though. sure, and if it's not, that's what they should be. No, that sounds like something a, a Canadian would do. Well, stand, stand on freeze. a car and freeze. Yeah. It's I mean, Canada. I guess you could get in your car and, and then freeze. not freeze. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. In Canada, I think you'd freeze either way, wouldn't you? That's <laughs> probably true. Wow. I feel bad because people are singing it wrong, and yet it's a country. You know, you don't want to offend well, the Mother Canadians, Canada. I, I think they might be used to it. Everyone makes fun of Canada. Poor little guy. No, but Canada's, there are little something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're well, a female so. or a male. Little, our little friends. But see, they don't want to be known as our, they're really, I mean, they're the head and we're kind of more like the shoulders of the great white North. North America. Okay. Let's do one more. All right. We don't have any sound clips, but this is one of my favorite see, just ones. Just sing it. Just rip it. Just okay. sing it. The ants are my friends. They're blowing in the wind. Instead the of, ants are my friends. Yeah. <laughs> They're blowing in the wind. Oh, that's so sad. Okay, so what's your assignment? Go learn the lyrics. Yeah. You need to... Merritt didn't know some lyrics to her favorite song until a couple days ago. We'd want to prevent that. 
for all of you wonderful people out there. So go do yourself a favor. Help a friend. Learn the lyrics. Help a friend. <laughs> learn the lyrics. Extend a hand. We're going to make them. a hotline so you can call if you don't know lyrics and we'll find them for you. That's good. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Yeah, we'll help and you And we will update you. We'll give you the latest lyrics so that you know what you're really singing. And go check out Maddie's new headband. Where can Please. they see it? Uh, I can put a picture on my blog if uh, you Throw want. back to the 20s. Throw back to the 20s. Oh, my goodness. Yep. It looks good. Thanks, Matt. The Great Gatsby. And, by the way, Wonder Woman, my favorite. Do you have a truth-telling rope? Yes, and I'm going to use it on you after the show. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're out of here, folks. Hey, here's a quote for the end of the show. Music is a world within itself with a language we all understand. Who said it? Stevie Wonder. No. Stevie Wonder. (laughs) Nailed it. Glad to be back. Good to have you back. (laughs) Welcome back, Maddie Lou. We're out of here, folks. Thanks for joining us. More ideas, more tools tomorrow when we come back to give you a leg up in this crazy thing called life. Thanks for joining us, helping you find the good in life. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.